Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Today on this special edition of the Vitality Radio Rant, I'm going to talk about the state of Florida. The Surgeon General of Florida has announced that they will be releasing guidance, no longer recommending COVID-19 vaccines for children 5 to 17 years old. There will be aftermath, but maybe not the kind that you think. Vitality Radio is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, Utah. You can find us at vitalitynutrition.com. Our new website is packed with all the good stuff you need to help you with your health and nutrition needs. So if you're within the sound of my voice, you're within reach of our help at vitalitynutrition.com. You can also call us at the store if you're local here, 801 292 6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or even if you're not local, but you have questions, no matter where you are, give us a call. We'll be happy to answer them. And then we can take care of you online or over the phone. That's how we do it at Vitality Nutrition. It is good to be with you today on this episode of Vitality Radio. Okay, so this is a rant-only episode And I'm going to just read it like it is from CNN.com, the purveyors of all news that is really not worth your time. I'm going to read it for you so you don't have to, and I'm going to tell you what my thoughts are interspersed throughout two articles that were just released on CNN.com yesterday. The Florida Department of Health released new guidance Tuesday that says healthy children between the ages of 5 and 17 do not need to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Based on currently available data, healthy children aged 5 to 17 may not benefit from receiving the currently available COVID-19 vaccine. The department recommends that children with underlying conditions are the best candidates for the COVID-19 vaccine, it says. Parents are encouraged to discuss the risks and benefits with their children's health care practitioner when evaluating whether their child should receive a COVID-19 vaccine, particularly for children with underlying health conditions or comorbidities. Florida is the first state to break from U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention recommendations that everyone age 5 and older receive the vaccine. And to that I say, go Florida! It's about time somebody stood for science as opposed to just this propaganda machine that the CDC has become in recent decades and particularly over the last couple of years. The guidance released Tuesday says that the risk of the vaccine outweigh its benefits in children who don't have underlying health conditions. It cites reports of increased incidence of myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle, in 16- and 17-year-olds who got the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, for those of you unaware of myocarditis or what that is, it's actual inflammation of the heart muscle. There's also pericarditis, which is showing up in many vaccinated kids, particularly males uh, in the teenage and uh, 20s and 30s, 
for whatever reason, it's affecting them differently than it is most other people, or at least at a higher rate when it comes to myocarditis or pericarditis. Pericarditis is basically inflammation around the heart, myocarditis being inflammation of the heart. And you keep hearing mild myocarditis. That's a term that was never used prior to COVID-19 vaccination. It just wasn't. It, they don't consider any inflammation of the heart to be mild. And on average, according to multiple different studies, at least 70% of myocarditis caused by COVID-19 vaccination is severe, meaning it will likely lead to permanent damage and or death. We're not talking about a small problem that goes away with a couple of aspirin. This is a major concern. So studies found uh, that 106 cases per 1 million doses of mRNA vaccine given to 16 and 17-year-olds, there were 106 cases per 1 million. Now, that is rare, yes, but how rare is it? Because during Omicron, which was the peak of childhood hospitalization of COVID, the peak, now, nobody knows exactly for sure what the deal is, but children were more impacted by Omicron in terms of hospitalization than were adults by a large margin. Uh, in fact, it, it flip-flopped. During Delta, the hospitalization rates were dramatically higher than they were with Omicron, even though the infection rates with Omicron were much higher than they were with Delta. That's in adults. But in kids, the infection rate was high just like it was with adults, but the hospitalization rate was about almost four times higher at 7.1 children per 100,000. That's about 71 children per million. Now think about this for just a second. Let's go through these numbers here really quick. 71 children per million hospitalized weekly with COVID-19 associated complications during the Omicron surge versus just 1.8 per 100,000, so 18 per million. Now, you want to talk about rare. 18 per million during the Delta surge were hospitalized. 18 per million, 1 per 8, 1.8 per 100,000. That is virtually zero. And that includes all children, high risk, low risk, moderate risk, whatever. So let's go back to myocarditis, which I will remind you is only one one of the many risk factors of COVID-19 vaccination. Myocarditis, according to studies in 16 and 17-year-olds, 106 cases per million versus hospitalization of Omicron at just 71 per million, meaning that literally there is a higher risk of vaccination, vaccine injury than there is of hospitalization from COVID. And it's not just a little higher. 106 versus 71 is a substantial difference, right? 30, 35%, something like that. So with just myocarditis, we're not talking about death. We're not talking about uh, neurological damage. We're not talking about any of the other risk factors, anaphylaxis and all the others that come along with COVID-19 vaccination in children and adults. We're just talking myocarditis and just myocarditis, you have a much higher rate of risk from the vaccine than you do from being hospitalized with COVID. Now, let's also keep in mind what Dr. Peter McCullough continues to state that nobody seems to be listening to, or at least nobody that forms any policy outside of perhaps the state of Florida. 
is listening. But he states very clearly that the numbers are obviously, uh, and I, I'm not stating that correctly, that the uh, the research is obviously stating that people who get Omicron naturally get Omicron, get better from Omicron, have now essentially defeated Omicron, Delta, and Alpha variants of COVID-19 with their natural immunity, meaning that the risk of another infection is zero or near zero, okay? So let's talk about that for a second. Why then would we want to create a lower risk of infection when infection is easily the best way to create immunity against further versions or variants of COVID-19. Because we know that the protection from the vaccine, what little there is, wanes very, very quickly. Within somewhere between two and six weeks, we know that, which is why they keep pushing boosters, right? So then in children where the risk is minuscule, 71 children per million that could potentially be hospitalized. That's hospitalized, not dead, okay? The risk of death is almost zero. But the risk of hospitalization, 71 children per million, and we're giving a vaccine to protect children that don't need protection, by and large, where we know the vaccine has a higher risk of just myocarditis, not to mention all of the other associated risks. Okay, so let's go on with the article and see what they say. The guidance also cites data from a clinical trial published in the New England Journal of Medicine that found no cases of severe COVID-19 in a group of children from 5 to 11 years old, zero cases, whether they received the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine or a placebo. However, that study found that the vaccine was 90% effective in preventing COVID-19. So again, we want to keep in mind that Preventing infection is not the key here. To anybody who's thinking through this logically, preventing infection is not the key. Infection is not necessarily a bad thing. Getting a cold, getting the flu, getting COVID-19, whether it be Delta, Alpha, or Omicron, or whatever the next one is, can actually be, and well, is our actual best defense against future issues with COVID-19. And the waning impact of protection from the vaccine doesn't come close to stacking up to the lasting impact of natural immunity. So if you understand, if you're following what I'm saying, what they're, they keep pointing to is, oh yes, we're going to have less infections. Okay, fine, but this is children and less infections is not necessarily bad. These infections, particularly with Omicron, are so minimal in terms of their effects. They're very much like the common cold. And yet they provide lasting and potentially lifelong immunity. So if this particular study from the New England Journal of Medicine, and keep in mind, this is the New England Journal of Medicine. It's not some, you know, strange little publication coming out of some podunk little college or town near you. This is the New England Journal of Medicine up until now. People have considered that a pretty reliable source for scientific data when it comes to health and medicine. And they say that there were no cases of COVID-19 in a group of children 5 to 11, whether they received the Pfizer vaccine or they did not, meaning that 
there was no benefit of having the vaccine. And yet we still have the risks of having the vaccine. Now, the department also based the guidance off of a New York City-based study that found vaccine effectiveness in children from 5 to 17 dropped significantly during the Omicron surge. How significantly? It dropped down to about 11%. The protection was about 11%. So we're going to give a vaccine to every kid to protect them, to protect 11% of those kids against something that is virtually harmless and will provide lasting protection for those kids at the risk of causing myocarditis and a variety of other risks. Every thinking person should be able to wrap their head around this and say what Florida is doing makes perfect sense. And yet, of course, because it's not following the narrative, it's not following the pseudoscience that they keep pushing on the news, that they keep pushing from the White House, which, of course, Jen Psaki has all kinds of things to say about this. Boy, they don't like it at all. They don't like it at all because, hey, we're breaking from what the CDC says, and we should never break from what the CDC says, even if what the CDC says makes absolutely no sense. Let's continue. Okay, so that's the, the that's kind of the you know the guidance that's being uh, given. So let's hear the pushback here, okay? Okay, so here's the pushback. After Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo declared on Monday the state would issue guidance urging parents not to vaccinate their children against COVID-19, health experts and officials were quick to highlight the dangers of such a policy for individuals and for the country at large. Dr. Paul Offit, director of the Vaccine Education Center at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, said Ladapo's statement is wholly irresponsible and completely unsupported. Although it is true that children are less likely to be infected and it is true that children are less likely to be severely infected, they can still be infected and they can still be severely infected. Yes, Paul Offit, that is true. They can be. And yet we've just discussed how they are more likely to get injured by the vaccine. So what was this about wholly irresponsible and completely unsupported? Coronavirus cases and hospitalizations continue to plummet from peaks of the Omicron surge, and the states and local jurisdictions have increasingly pulled back on COVID-19 safety measures. Yes, that's because COVID-19 seems to be going away, just as the war in Russia and Ukraine is heating up. It's so interesting. And, and of course, the masks went away as soon as it was time for the State of the Union address and just in time for $5 a gallon gasoline. Hey, whatever. What are you going to do, right? Because the only people playing politics here are people like Ron DeSantis. It's certainly not the Biden administration. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I couldn't care less. Republican, Democrat, whatever. You can decide where you want to be on this. But for them to point to this and say this is political is such a load of hypocrisy. I can't even... I can't even wrap my head around how hypocritical that actually is. So Paul Offit continues and he says, and if you have a vaccine which is safe, which this is, and is effective, which this is, then you give it, Offit said. Oh, really? Is that it? Dr. Offit, it's safe and effective? Didn't we just discuss how it's less safe than just getting COVID-19 for children? 
it's less safe, it's actually more dangerous to get the vaccine. Isn't that what the numbers actually say, Dr. Offit? I believe that's what they say. That's what I'm seeing in all the research that I'm reading. Because when you say it's safe, you have to say, first off, safe isn't safer than getting the infection. Safe is safe. And it's not safe. If 106 kids per million are getting mild, if you want to call it that, but mostly severe myocarditis, then it is not safe, Dr. Offit. Then you have to weigh the risk versus benefit. Well, if 106 are getting myocarditis and only 71 are being hospitalized if they get COVID-19, then it's also not a good risk-benefit situation. Now, is it Dr. Offit? Okay, well, how about the third thing that you're talking about here? Because now we've already discussed that it's not safe and it's probably less safe than actually just getting the infection, which then, by the way, comes with that really nice little silver lining of natural immunity, which is safe and effective. But what about that other part of it, safe and effective? Effective. Well, is it effective? Because according to multiple studies, it's only 11% effective and only for about two to six weeks. So is that even effective at all? Is being immune, is 11% of kids being immune for two to six weeks, is that effective? Does that sound effective to you? Because the doctor off it, Oh, wise one, it sounds effective. To Jen Psaki, it sounds effective. I'm sure to the suddenly disappeared Dr. Anthony Fallacy, it seems effective. But it's not. The safe and effective thing is such a load of absolute propaganda that I can't even begin to understand how anybody is buying it anymore. It's not safe and it's not effective. And it hasn't been from day one. It's simply not true. And especially when it comes to kids. So Florida's doing the right thing. 49 other states, including mine, are not. In Utah, we see billboards all the time urging us to get our boosters, urging children from 5 to 17 to get the, the jab or multiple jabs including a booster. And yet we know, we absolutely know that these vaccines don't work. Not for long. And if they do work or did work against Delta, they don't work against Omicron. To the point where Pfizer decided they wanted to make a new one for Omicron. Tweak it. But that's not going to happen. I don't think. Maybe it will. Because Omicron's going to go away too just like the others did. And it'll be replaced by whatever version or variant of COVID-19 comes next. Or maybe COVID-19 is just going to go away. I don't know. I didn't think it would. I thought it would be endemic. But we sure don't seem to be hearing much about it anymore because now there's a war. So you get to make up your own mind about this. I'm not your doctor. I'm certainly not your pediatrician. And it's not my responsibility or my right to recommend whether you do or you don't give your children the vaccine. But I will tell you this, there's no way on God's green earth that my children would ever receive it because it's not safe and it's not effective. And COVID-19 is almost never dangerous to a child. 
So congratulations to Florida. Congratulations to an actual person in, not not a governor, because yes, we have Ron DeSantis as the governor. Lots of people want to move to Florida because Ron DeSantis is the governor. But to the man who is the Surgeon General in Florida, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, congratulations for being a doctor in a place where you actually have authority and standing up against the absolute BS that CDC, CNN, FDA, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, and the rest are trying to shovel down our throats. It would be a great day if I were a Floridian. <laughs> but it is a great day for Flor- Floridians. Absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap it up. This is a short one, just a little rant. I know I was a little bit, uh, you know, all over the place. I, I apologize for that. I just, right before I went on the air, heard something that kind of threw me a little bit. Um, you know, a father thing. But uh, it's all good. Life is good. And liberty is good. And the fact that I can still spread this message through podcasts, even though I can't do it on the air, is good. I appreciate you very much for listening to Vitality Radio. I encourage you, if you like what you hear, to go tell somebody. And you can do that the best way, or the easiest way, by sharing this podcast. If you are wondering about safe and effective when it comes to these vaccines, would you go back with me and listen to episode 211 and episode 183? And you can listen to a couple of people, real-life people who did not find safety in these vaccines, episode 211 and episode 183. If you have questions about anything you heard today or on any episode of Vitality Radio, call us at Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. You can also check out our website, vitalitynutrition.com, for all of your health and nutrition needs. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.